0: I was going to get a look at NRL fantasy, nice. Yeah. All right. If I count us in, you're not even facing the microphone. I am facing
1: the microphone. It's
0: perfect. Here we are, another episode of Rear the Grid. As always, I'm Matt, with me is our Lawrence Stroll's favourite spokesperson, Ja'Shaan. Oh, well,
1: you know, uh, yeah, Pink Panther's all the way. I'd, I'd rather be down the pub sipping, uh, sipping suds with my buds, but I'm happy to be here, mate.
0: You know, what, uh, what does he pay? How much How much a week we talking? Uh, nothing. Nothing? I'm quite should...
1: broke. <laughs> Waiting for the money to come through in this
0: podcast, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. See, I'm not sure whether I believe that, but I understand that, that is the line you have to toe. And, as always... Uh, Conveyor of controversy It's Spencer Hudson Grazie, grazie Forza Ferrari <laughs> <laughs> oh, This week We're here in review of Absolutely nothing Because there wasn't a Grand Prix But don't you fear We've got a bit of a season review We're going to take a look at the uh How the drivers and teams have all got on In the F1 grid uh, Someone doesn't think Sebastian Vettel's done very good, shockingly, it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I also take a bit of a look at how things have been going on in the land of F2 and who could be taking the step up to the main game next year. And we definitely don't acknowledge how I never lived up to that promise of a controversial driver selection for Red Bull next year. All that and a little bit more... In this week's episode of Really Grid, so no Grand Prix review this weekend, but uh, we got something a bit different for you. Now, when we came up with this idea, it was. You know, there was a th- uh, there's 13 scheduled Grand Prixs, which would have meant this week's break was about roughly halfway through the season. Good time to do a little bit of a performance review for how everyone's going. Of course, FOM then added four more races, so now it's a 17 race calendar, and we're barely a third of the way in, but what can you do? Welcome to the third of the season review. <laughs> we're going to... We're going to take a look at how all the drivers have been getting on, chuck out some grades, cause a bit of controversy, have a bit of a look at uh, how the boys down in F2 are going, and maybe, just maybe, cheeky bit of a look at spa next year's, shops. well, I was more thinking the grid for oh, next year, and okay. yeah, obviously we'll have a bit of a chat about the upcoming weekend in Spa. I just
1: wanted to pronounce Spa, Franco or
0: Shams. Oh, mate. It was yeah. very nice. It was very nice. Well, Jashan. We'll start with you, I believe. You took a look at how the Williams lads have got on this season. Yeah, look, I'm, so, in,
1: um, I'm going to jump in straight away because I'm a man on a mission today. Um, I'm a bit disappointed because I recently suffered a cooling fault in F1 2020 in Australia and was forced to retire. So I'm in a bit of a shit mood today, Matthew. hope you understand <laughs> if I'm a bit abrupt. Um, but yeah, Williams, cooling
2: issue.
1: a cooling issue, yeah, a bloody cooling issue of all, the th- I, honestly, in any case, um, Williams, big news for Williams, recently being bought out by um, Doralton Capital. Capital? In, in, indeed, indeed, Donaldton. it'll be interesting to see what how that all goes. So uh, a lot of hype around the team, obviously, a lot of promise, and um, that is with a set driver lineup for next year with Nicholas Latifi and George Russell. George Russell, I'm giving a B plus. For this season, we are grading them as if you know this was a high school test. Report, by the way, just card, let yep. everyone know. I'm giving him a B plus. He's raced you know pretty well. He's shown a lot of pace in qualifying, consistently getting to Q two, which is new for the Williams team and should only improve with this new injection of money. Um, he had some issues early on with uh, dr- driving in dirty air, but that was more of a car thing than a personal thing. And um, he looks to you know. His talent has shone through, I think, this year. So B plus for George Russell. Um, Nicholas Latifi, I'm giving a B. Solid B. Solid, yep, yeah, B for Latifi. Um, you know, he was brought in as kind of this solid, if not spectacular, addition as a, as a pay driver. Um, and, you know, he's kind of done his job. He hasn't been amazing, no, obviously. But there have been times where he's been keeping up with Russell. He's made a Q2 himself a couple times driven that car well and you know if if his money that's come in is uh has resulted in the obvious improvement in the car then Nicholas Latifi has done his job perfectly well so without being amazing Nicholas Latifi B for me what
0: do you guys think um I mean I'd reckon those are both pretty fair I think definitely Latifi I quite like him at a B I think he's probably done better than some people thought he would I think he's been a little bit underrated in what he's done this year I think B plus probably happy that with George. Obviously, his qualifying pace has been brilliant, but he's left a little bit to be desired in the races at times. But you know the signs are there, so I I don't really have anything too much to add. I'm pretty pretty mm-hmm. in agreement with that. Yeah, I'm pretty perfect today, aren't I?
1: I will just say, with this new injection of money, do Williams maybe look for a more just raw talented driver rather than a pay guy? But I don't,
0: I don't, I think that's it. Just, just being bought out doesn't necessarily mean they've got an injection of money. It just means they have new owners. Dollars and Capital might decide to put absolutely nothing in, run it like a business, and Williams will cease to exist in four years. Who knows? <laughs> well, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. let All All right. Right.
2: Right. Haas next. Um. Oh, I gotta, I gotta give them a D. I think um, in terms of what they were expecting from not necessarily from this year, but from last year, I think they probably would have wanted to be a little bit higher. They obviously have the lone point. Um, I'd give them a solid C plus for Hungary. Um, but I just think you know they obviously got lucky with the pitting for the um, dry tires early. Um, oh. In, in terms of the drivers, I'd, I'd give Magnussen a, I'd give Magnussen a, a D plus, maybe a C minus. I think he's been driving that car really well. I'm biased. I don't like Grosjean. I'm going to give him a straight F.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, we have they, our first F.
2: <laughs> they're, they're at a bit of a crossroads at the moment. Like they they are definitely coming under some pressure from Gene Haas. Obviously, doesn't want the Haas brand to be consistently last. Um, on the F1 ladder. He said that he's, you know, happy to walk away um, if he feels like, um, you know, results aren't going to be improving and comparing their issues is a Ferrari power unit that has just been god-awful. So, yeah, all around, like, I think, you know, if Williams have a B, I think putting Haas into the high Ds or low Cs is pretty fair because I think, although Williams haven't been performing... For the points, it definitely looks like they're on an upward trajectory, whereas with Haas, it just seems like they can't catch a break. And outside of that one race where they did really well um, to get the guys into the points and hold in some like good spots, they just haven't really done too much for me. And I just hate them.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think... Oh. Grosjean gets a F from me just for the fact that he's barely complained on the radio this year, and that's like that. The only reason Romain Grosjean is in Formula One is to have a suck on the radio and make for great TV, and he's, he's also, not even delivering that.
1: He's also driven quite dangerously at times, very dangerously. Uh, yeah,
2: and that that just that is born from frustration. It has to be like you know he wants to he wants to race these guys. He wants to have a good package underneath him, but. Um, <laughs> I don't think the drivers are helping out the team, and I don't think the team's helping out the drivers.
1: Hot take. Romain Grosjean wants a good package underneath him. Love it.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> There's something hanging <laughs> under, in between my legs. <laughs> except for the obvious. <laughs> That's one of my favourite radio messages. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right,
0: I believe that'll take us to uh, Alfa Romeo.
1: Yeah, the Sauber Alfa Romeo team. You mentioned the... Uh dodgy Ferrari power unit. This is another case of uh, just a garbage engine restricting a team's performance because Alfa Romeo on the whole have been really, really bad. Um, You know, if you think about a trash can, some rotten banana peels, um, some, you know, dodgy looking tissues, some old chicken bones, that's kind of the garbage can we're looking at here with Alfa Romeo. It's been really, really bad. Um, For Kimi Räikkönen, I'll get into the specific drivers here. I've given him a not applicable, uh, an NA, because, um, yes, it's been bad, but it's largely been a car thing. Um, You remember the tyre coming off, there was a wheel coming off of his car in week one. We've had issues with pit lanes. There was a moment, I forget which race it was, but...
0: First race in Britain, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, his team calls him in and uh, to pit, and then he gets to pit lane, and they're like, oh, no, 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 keep driving, keep driving. He's like, well, I'm ready in pit lane. Uh, not much I can do here, guys. So it's been a bit of a storm over there. And look, the man is a legend. Um, he raced well in Spain to get to 14th, which is crazy to think of racing well to get to 14th, but that was his best performance. Um, it was also his first time getting into Q2 Spain. Dear me. It's been Q, Q, yeah, exactly, which is crazy to think of. But the, the narrative this season of surrounding Kimi is, um, will he, will he not retire? And it's looking more and more likely that he will. Um, I kind of hope he does, because another year of just driving around this, you know, machine is not going to look good for his legacy. He also be- became the most driven driver of all time in Spain, which is a nice little, you know, uh, box to tick. So I think if he goes now, it'll be a lot of positivity surrounding him. Um, and it'll, you know, it'll be less... If like you like it's kind of now a sad battle where there's a lot of talk about his legacy getting affected by the poor performances. So I'm giving him an N.A. For Giovanazzi. I'm giving him a solid D. Um, a big old D there for Gio. Um, he hasn't finished above 14th since Austria, where, of course, he snuck in for a couple of handy points there. Alpha's only points for the season. Um, he hasn't made it out of Q1 all year. His best qualifying performance was 17th. This is a season where he had to really impress, uh, because the narrative coming into the year was, is he good enough? You know, He'd been overlooked for the Ferrari seat, understandably so, because if they can get a guy like Carlos Sainz, who wouldn't go for Carlos Sainz over Giovinazzi, he's needed to impress, and he hasn't done so. Again, that is a car thing, largely, but he really needed to show that he belonged in F1 this year, and he hasn't done that. And you've got talented academy drivers that you'll be talking about later, guys like Mick Schumacher and Callum Eilock kind of beaten down for that seat. And, yeah, I'm kind of worried for Giva Nazi. Even in Spain, you know, Kimi proved that the car can at least fight with other rivals, but Gio was at the back of that kind of back-marker pack and just struggled. So I'm giving Gio a, a
0: solid D. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Gio, you talk about, obviously, that alpha's not great, but, like you look at someone like a George Russell and we're so high on him because we're able to see just how much he's getting out of a car that's not great. Or even like, I'm assuming, I think Spencer's doing the Ferraris later on when he comes to Charles and that, you know. That, <coughs> you know Charles. We know that Charles. Ferrari's not great, but Leclerc, Leclerc himself is maximising it. And Gio's not, just not he's just not been showing that kind, kind of thing. And it does have you questioning, you know, just how long he maybe has left in the sport at this level mm. yeah whether you have any any input on Alfa Romeo Spencer
2: no, I think um, yeah Deshaun, um sort of hit it on the head yeah like with Joe Venazzi it's, um, it's a little frustrating for him because if I'm not mistaken he was a Ferrari Academy driver um, yeah. and I think obviously yeah. with Charles um, that's what the Alfa scene mm. was always for was to have an Academy driver come through and um, you know how, like, what like what would Giovinazzi have done if he was given the heart, the car that Leclerc had in 2018? Um, I don't think that he could even get to that point. And I think that if you put Leclerc into that car, I think he drives it a lot better. Like, you can see that he doesn't... Like, he's not pushing to be better. He sort of understands that he's got a crappy car and that that affords him a little bit of wiggle room to drive like shit. Um, and then Kimi, like, just mm-hmm. doesn't care. Like, he's still getting paid. He's already done everything that you need to do. Um so yeah it, it's frustrating because you know you'd like to see those like back markers with a little bit more competition and actually being able to push but
0: yeah Sabah's a historic team as well it would be nice to see them further up the grid But uh, 50
1: years in the sport yeah. I think it was last year they made that milestone uh, that
0: uh, Gonna ge- Real quick
1: though, I think it's worth noting that there's been a lot of talk about Nico Hulkenberg perhaps going to Alpha Romeo, and he seems to be interested in that move. And I think it would be kind of nice to see them kind of follow this formula of having one vet, Kimi, Nico, and then one kind of rookie, Geo, and then like an Isla or a or a mix. So I'm kind of interested to see how that uh, pans out next year.
0: I believe that brings us to Alpha Tauri based on mm. my not having looked at the constructor standing, so... Uh, Quality constructor quite, quite, knowledge, bro. <laughs> quite quite interested to see what you have to say here, what your uh, grading is for the lads over at the artist, probably known as Toro Russell. Um,
2: this one was hard. Like I'm I'm going to give the team as a whole, I'm going to give them a, a solid B+, plus. I think. Um... this is he's thinking. he's um,
1: thinking keys are turning
2: yeah b i'd like to put it a i really would like to put them as an a because um i think the car has been performing a lot better obviously the points aren't there but looking through now going to the drivers um i do not like kivy at at all but i think that i still have to give him a a c plus maybe a b minus um had a couple of unlucky goes. I think, I can't remember mm. if it was the first or the second Silverstone race where um, he had the the left rear puncture um, and he binned it. Um, yeah, that that, that hurt a race. lot. Um, and in the, the early races, um, they they didn't look too competitive. I think Kvyat just snuck in in 10th in the first race with 11 people finishing um, and Gasly was a lap behind the pace. Um so I think, yeah, B-minus for Kibiat is fair. I think for Gasly, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to say an A. I think he's been driving the absolute wheels off that thing. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I read an article last night um, about Huber um, with just how Gasly had to deal with in a short space of time getting dropped from Red Bull, having one of his close friends pass away on the track, and then from there, obviously can't count last season's you know performances into this one, but um, in terms of where I thought that car was going to be and how well Gasly's doing and pretty consistently I think 4 races to 2 he's at race to Kiviat um, and he's looked dangerous in qualifying like he has been a little, yep. a unlucky a couple of times he pushed out of Q3 but he's like there are a few times in Q2 there's about 2 minutes to go and he will just bolt up the 6th place um, and I don't think they expected that car to be there um, yeah he looks good got a good haircut um, man it's, it's an A for the Gazman. man <laughs> <laughs> yeah big yeah
1: yeah, I can't argue with that at all. Oh, n- good. N-
0: neither. For me, he's been probably one of my top five drivers of the season in terms of just how well he's on the that car. He's really, really emphasizing for everyone that that Red Bull stint was just a bit of a hiccup and that uh, yeah. know, he's he's got all the talent in the world for that. And I think AlphaTauri is the perfect spot for him right now. Obviously, at some point, he will need to go to a top team so he can get his chance to contend for a title. Mm. But I think AlphaTaur is the spot for him to be for the next few years and continue to just really impress and overdrive that car.
1: He's been the best Frenchman this year for sure, comfortably. Yeah. Oh, nice segue. Oh, how good was that? Because the next team we're talking about is Renault, 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 Renault. and a certain man not on, on. Uh-huh. Esteban, not on <laughs> Esteban, Ocant, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's been pretty, pretty shocking this year. I'm giving him a solid C. A clean sea, um, lenient. I don't think okay, he has had a couple of, um, you know, seventh, eighth. I think it was sixth in the first Silverstone Grand Prix when that was obviously Renault's peak. Yep, when Ricardo went fourth. So he's had some, you know, impressive performances, but it's been overshadowed largely by some car unreliability in classic Renault fashion, but also some shocking teamwork. As we saw, I think it was in Hungary when he was just blocking Ricardo was that Austria?
0: That was that was Austria I should that was, say. that was, yeah, that was, was stereo. Austria. I think it was Austria. regardless we No all, it was stereo stereo. I remember
1: what happened he's you know defensively driving on Ricardo despite Ricardo being the faster driver on the day. We had a ridiculous crash in Spain that had everyone you know kind of like, "Oh, well that's just a bit embarrassing, isn't it?" So, um, not a great look for Esteban especially you know he's going to He's gonna be Fernando Alonso's teammate next year, and Alonso takes no prisoners, so he's gonna to need to impress if he's gonna keep that seat. I think, and um, so far he hasn't really done that. Uh, when it comes to his teammate Danny Ricciardo, the big Rickster, I'm giving I'm giving the Aussie a B for this season. Um, you know, he's raced quite well, and uh, at times, yeah, you know, like fourth in in, in Silverstone there. And a couple other solid performances like sixth, etc., sixth, seventh, eighth. Um, but there have been a lot of obstacles for for Ricardo this year. Again, an unreliable car. You saw him fail out. I think it was in week one, Austria. Yeah. Um. In Spain, most recently, just a garbage strategy from his team with that one stop that just didn't work and. A, a strange lack of qualifying pace, despite I think Ricardo went fourth in FP two or something like that, and then went thirteenth in qualifying. So it's been a strange year for Renault. I think if I had to grade Renault as a team, it'd be like a C minus D plus for this oh, year because they've just underwhelmed. Um, he, he's currently tenth on the standings with twenty points, which isn't uh, it's not miraculous, but. You know, I'm not just grading the racing this year. I'm grading the uh, overall year for Ricardo, and I think he can look forward to a, a, dis- a decision he's made to go to McLaren next season. That's a great decision. And you can find solace in that. I um, think this
0: could argue this is probably been Ricardo's worst season of his career. I yeah. Even and I, I, both on the obviously the car performance isn't great, but even a personal level, he's already made two self-inflicted mistakes this season, crashing. Yeah. And practice at Styria, spinning in the race at the 70th edition Grand Prix, that is about two more mistakes than Daniel normally makes per season. Hmm. So it's, nothing's, nothing's going right.
1: He's 31 years old. Jensen Button has come out and said that this McLaren move is make or break for Daniel Ricciardo. And I, I, I tend to agree. As much as I love him, he needs to impress. And he hasn't, you know, obviously had a podium at Renault. And I know he loves, he'd, he'd love to compete again because he's a, you know, he's a hard competitor. So... Um. Yeah. B. For 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 Ricardo. Cannot argue
0: with that. Neither. No. No. No further input on that. We've been
1: pretty good so far. Everyone's a Mm. a solid consensus. I reckon.
0: Mm.
2: Who's up next? Oh. I do believe it is Ferrari. Yes. Ferrari. 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 Um. It's an F for Ferrari. (laughs) 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 Oh damn! Big fat F. (laughs) Um. I. I don't really know what more we can say about Ferrari that we haven't already said. Um, but if they if they fail putting the car together, they fail having a race strategy, they fail telling their drivers what to do, um, and then by default, the entire team fails. Um, Sebastian Vettel, um, again, F. Ooh. Just... Ooh. Looks, looks an absolute shell of himself. Um, going back just a little earlier, how we're talking about with um, Giovinazzi, how you know he seems to be leading um, tents, tents in the car that probably he could be getting out of them and Pierre Gasly seems to find tents that shouldn't exist. Um, that's what I think is happening with Vettel and Leclerc at the moment. Um, Vettel just constantly seems to be underperforming and while um Charles is also in the same terrible car. He's at least been able to get onto the podium twice. Um, And obviously with a DNF in Spain and in Styria, um, and he just missed out of the top 10 in Hungary, um, he's got a second, a third, and a fourth since then. Um, I would give that a, you know, in in terms of effort, I almost want to give it an A, but in terms of where they expected them to be, I would say that's probably a C plus B minus for Leclerc. he's what is he at the moment in the driver's championship um fourth Nah, ah, b i'll give charles f for ferrari have in the seas. f for sebastian um the the yeah it's hard because like he does he has had the car like it's almost one of those ones where i could have gone na um for ferrari but i thought like i just wanted to be a little bit you know bit 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 of controversy for you um <laughs> But yeah, I think if Ferrari expected themselves to be um, what are they on? On 61 points after 6 races and behind Racing Point McLaren and Red Bull um, I think they'd say that was a bad nightmare.
1: Okay, I think I agree with the grading of Ferrari itself as a team, yeah. but the individual drivers, like, if it yeah. weren't for the drivers, Ferrari would
0: be 7th or 8th in the constructors. I'm I'm completely with you, Sean. I think Char a B for Charles. Charles, I think fair because if you look at, I mean, Hungary really wasn't his fault. They gave him a crap strategy, and that's his, inex- his inexperience. He didn't know to say no to that. Spain was no fault of his own. You take the other three races: second, third, and fourth. That's already considering how crap that car is. That's like an A plus. But I am happy to say, you know, Styria was a. Um, Million percent his fault, and I think that brings him crashing back quite a bit because that was really, really made a really awful weekend for them. So I think B is fair for him, but I mean I could tell Trishans think thinking this as well. But I, I I'm incensed,
1: Matthew. I'm
0: I've, incensed. I've been very harsh on Sebastian Vettel this year. I don't think he's an F, like a C minus, maybe even you could say a D plus, sure, but he doesn't get a straight up fail. Like he's had his moments. He was class in Hungary, and he was even more class in Spain.
1: He had to overcome some serious obstacles put in front of him by his own team to you know, have some solid results. At least possible. Oh, oh. Look, Spence, mate, I know you're the conveyor of controversy, but that is hard. I thought you liked Vettel. I, I do thought like you were Vettel. a Vettel
2: Stand. I do like Vettel. I like Ooh. him a lot. But it's just, I, again, if, if he, after six races was to be told that he would have 16 points and be behind Daniel Ricardo and tied with Esteban not on in the drivers' championship, he'd give himself an F.
0: Yeah, but That's if he was then, if he was then told that he was driving a glorified Alfa Romeo, he'd probably bump himself back up. So nah,
2: it, it does suck like with the card that he's been given, but like what I've what I've got to look at is what is what is his teammate doing with the exact same piece of machinery. And right now, that teammate has tripled the points he has. So that's just what played into my... F. Like, I think it can change. Like, if we do it in the... Like, after two-thirds of the season, it might go up. Um, but it just seems like Vettel's lost that fire in his belly um, this year. Very similar to and at um, Alpha Romeo.
1: Interesting. Interesting, Matthew. Interesting. Mm.
0: Mm. It's the man he wants at Racing Point, apparently.
1: Ashton Martin, yeah. That, that, I mean... Well, it, Spencer's argument is that that move will rekindle that fire in his belly and make him kind of more competitive, but we'll see, we'll see. Do you have a segue lined up for me, Matt?
0: I don't, but let's just talk about everyone's favourite team on the grid. McLaren. Racing point. Oh, McLaren. Um, yes, okay. The Brits,
1: uh, as a team, clean A. They've been good. Nothing but positivity surrounding this team a steady upward trajectory consistency unlike their competitors they've been consistently in the points every single week um, in terms of the individual drivers oh by the way when they get that mercedes power unit in that is going to be a scary car
0: if they can get it in if they into can that. fit it in yeah, chassis that's going to be very exciting catch full football gp you heard it lando <laughs> norris 2021 <laughs> world champion
1: lando norris i'm giving an a minus um, i like that you know Explosive start to the year. Obviously Scenario with that podium. Seven. Scenario 7. Overtakes for fun. Uh, final lap beast. Um, he's kind of st- I guess plateaued a little bit in, re- in recent weeks. Kind of peaking at that 5-6 mark and dropping down to like 9th, 10th uh, at times. But he's still been very impressive. He's kind of taking that next step I think this season. Um, whether he's better than science is questionable because science has obviously suffered from a few uh, things out of his control, but I think Norris has really taken that step up to at least be on par with his teammate and a few other really good drivers on the grid Um, he's also just the one of the good guys, like he's just, everyone loves Lando, there was that thing with the children's helmet he had a couple of weeks ago, which is yep. just it just makes you feel good everyone wants Lando Norris to succeed because everyone loves Lando Norris and the guy is now matching that love with his driving performance. So A minus for Lando. Um, for science, I'm giving a car, a solid B for Carlos Science. He's obviously raced well. Uh, sixth was it P six in Spain or P seven?
0: P six.
1: Yeah. So that was his best result in a while, having had some really unlucky performance or not performances, but unlucky things happen, like uh, a tyre failure. Um, a terrible pit stop stuff like that he's overcome those and he's raced well enough to uh to still be relevant but i'm grading the overall season race wise sure he's been great but there's a certain decision that kind of sullies the mind a little bit a certain decision to move from a really promising team to a sinking ship in ferrari so that will take him, for me, from like an A minus down to maybe even lower, maybe even a B minus, maybe even a C plus. But from the A's into the B's, at least for me, for Carlos Sainz, because that is looking like a terrible decision.
0: I don't think you can bring an off track decision I'm d- I into, did, I'm doing into just, a grade in I terms of graded, how
1: they with. I would have graded Ricardo C if it weren't for a decision to go to McLaren.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm, co-
1: I'm grading the entire season
0: as a whole but, all right, with all of its all right, facets. All right, all right, that's a. Technically, that didn't happen in this season. Happened in the off season. Oh, mate, 2020. I'm grading 2020. That's a, in a unique way of grading a driver' performance, well, but fair enough. Hey, if your if your decision, if any... your decision
1: making isn't there, then you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spencer, any any thoughts on that? Um,
2: I'd probably rank Lando a little higher. I'd go, I'd go straight A or even an, an A plus, maybe. I think. Um, He's just been, like you said, it's the the two biggest things in F1 is obviously, um, you know, qualifying high and getting the car to the finish line. Um, And every single week, he just seems to be doing a a good enough job with that. In, I guess what we can sort of say, and I'll I'll get into it a little more in a second, um, firmly the fourth best car on the grid. Um, And I think that that car is consistently where it should be in, you know, Scenario 7, that was just an absolute thing of beauty. Um, And in terms, yeah, like I think Lando Norris as well is definitely winning 2020 for an F1 driver because it seems that most of the feel good headlines coming out of F1 seem to be revolving around that kid, whether it be that Scenario 7 or, yeah, like, you know, um, getting that um, young girl to paint his um, helmet for him, like all the stuff he's doing on Twitch and streaming and stuff. He's just absolutely killing it. If we're going to put the hole in all of his things that are going into it in his grade, then A+. plus. Oh, 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 sneaky. He's turned hey. the tables.
1: Hey. The, t- the turns have the tables.
0: Table. The turns have indeed tabled. Right, well, that brings us to, I believe, uh, everyone's favourite copycats. And they're definitely the third best car on the grid, by the way. Uh, tracing point, Spencer. Definite
1: kings
2: of the midfield. <laughs> the Pink Panther
0: oh uh, yes I would, yeah Spencer doing doing light us
2: um, all right I was already doing a little bit of a looking at everything going on before making this grade um, I'm giving racing points so far for this season a B minus and the reason why I'm giving them a B minus is purely because of all the drama and speculation going around with the tracing point um, having 15 points deducted from their constructive standings and then also on top of that having to have Checo... Um, take two races off um, for COVID. Despite all of that, they have been doing really well. Um, without without at least the point deduction, I probably would have had them at an A. Um, and Without the Checo, maybe even higher. Um, going to Checo, I'm going to give him, again, almost wanted to do an NA um, just because he did lose two races. Um, he got pretty unlucky in... Um, Would have been the first race of the season when he clipped Albon, um, and that front wing was hanging by a thread. Um, You know that cost him a good, you know, eight to ten championship points. But other than that, like he's he's easily um, one of the best on the grid in terms of tire management. Um, I don't think he's hurt his stock at all. I don't think he's done anything this year that would make Racing Point want to kick him out. Um, I think he's definitely been doing really well. Um, Lance. This one was tough as well, but I'm going to say... I'm going to say, like, uh, in between a B and a B+. Plus, um, he's shown that he's definitely above, like, in terms of, like, you know, the hierarchy, there's at least four to six drivers that are, you'd say, definitely ahead of him in terms of racecraft, uh, race awareness, qualifying pace, yada, yada. But it just seems that his... His ceiling is still there, but his floor is steadily increasing where he's starting to become a guy that is making less boneheaded mistakes outside of nearly trying to bin Ricardo into the wall. Um, and I just, yeah, like in terms you know, 40 points um, without a podium, like that's just consistent finishes um, despite all the drama the race point have gone through, um, you know, to be third in the constructors. You know, what, what did they lose? Was it 15 points that they lost for that? Debacle, yeah. So if they hadn't lost those 15 points, um, they would be only... Oh, well, they'd still be well behind Red Bull. Well, they'd be 16 points ahead of McLaren. They've still done really well. They haven't had any podiums. They're the only team in the top five that hasn't yet. Um, so this is like this is my thing. Like I think that they haven't really wowed me this year, but I still think they have a chance to, particularly this weekend with that Mercedes power unit and those lovely long straights. Weekend oh. after it, Monza. Mm. How do you pronounce it? Spa. Franco Champs. Franco charles I'm But yes, I, I, think, I think Daddy Stroll will be content, but not overly happy with how the season's gone so far. I think there's still a lot more that they can push finish drive for. M- They'll definitely get a podium before the end of the season. They potentially might get a win.
1: The fact that they've already made up that fifteen point deficit on their competitors shows just how king of the midfield they are. It's a fact.
2: Oh, definitely. Oh, and that's it. Without without the fifteen points, like I said, they'd be an A. But I can't I can't take that out of the equation. Um, and it if you know the if the review had found nothing, it's still an A. But they were doing something. And in terms of like in like. The PR and like all the stuffing around that comes with that. A team doesn't want those sorts of things hanging over their heads. Like look at Ferrari. They went from, what was it, three or four wins in a row at the end of last year, to that massive investigation and now all of a sudden their engine, which was much better than everybody else, is now not so much better
1: than everyone else. I tell you what though, they've overcome some serious obstacles. Like obviously Checo with his COVID stuff, like that's not ideal. But they did just about the
0: best job they could to bring in Hulkenberg who's such a I would just like to say if we're grading um, drivers at uh, Racing Point Nick Hulkenberg is obviously A plus <laughs> end of that discussion that's an A plus uh, that's not jobs. the hair line back to um, <coughs> back to your point
1: Gishan yeah that, that was such a good PR move to bring in rather than just go to their backup drivers I think it's Esteban Gutierrez yeah I think driver? it is rather Gutierrez. than just slot him in oh, they're or just bring in one of the most beloved characters in, F1, in the F1 community genius perfect by the way, Renault have backed off from their protest. They've withdrawn their appeal.
0: Oh,
2: Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Bit so of bullshit. He's, he's a bit scared,
1: is no, he? No, no, no. Because of the new Concord agreement, everyone's like, all right, well, it's all good. No worries. And he's just he's just given up. So only Ferrari are now the only team that are still appealing the decision. Classic Ferrari. Yeah, well, I... I did...
0: mm. yeah. Speaking yeah. of Ferrari, Red Bull. <laughs> 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 you, you
2: Okay. But
0: <laughs> That's my favourite segue I've ever done. That's pretty yeah, you're really you're really thriving.
1: You're really you're really improving, really impressing. Oh, thank you, thank you. Speaking of thriving, improving and impressing. Max not Verstappen. A... Oh, that's okay. a segue. I was, I was gonna say not Alex Alba. <laughs> Alex Al not. No, that doesn't work at all. Alex no, Al-off. Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen's a clean A plus this year. He just in the words of Martin Brundle Thank God for Max Verstappen I'm pretty sure he says that every single week Because if it weren't for Max Verstappen It'd be a Mercedes 1-2 Week in, week out He's the only man who looks competitive Who has gotten the win At, uh, at Silverstone there In the 70th Grand Prix um, You know, He's been able to split the Mercedes a few times now And he just drives The wheels off of his car Every single week And this is another point I think he's matured this year You know, he's a guy who's known for kind of losing his temper and making some silly mistakes. He has shown a couple of times he's been, you know, tiffing or, I don't know, just having a spat with his engineer, but he's also made sure his engineer is hydrated. You know, he's shown a level of maturity and care that we haven't seen before for Max Verstappen, and I think his performances have benefited as a result. He is now a man. A-plus for Max Verstappen. Alex Albon, I'm giving a beat. Um, I want a B. Okay. Now, um, the <laughs> results haven't really been there for Alex Albon. You don't say. Uh, I think that's undeniable. However, a lot, pretty much all of those have been out of his control. Lewis Hamilton spinning him. Um, the terrible, terrible strategy that his team gave him in Spain, going out on the hards for whatever reason. Um, some so questionable... that they could work out
0: if Max could do it
1: yes well yes there's obvious Max bias in this team obvious Um, there's some questionable qualifying setups some engine issues at the start of the year all of these things have kind of hampered Albon's progress yes his qualifying hasn't been great but he's also raced very well a lot of the time on race day like he overtakes for fun etc etc Spain was the first example of that not happening and that was because of his team not because of his own performance if you look at his actual driving he's driven very very well the problem is with Red Bull they want A's they want overachieving for everyone you know a B is good enough for most teams but not for Red Bull so yes I think he's done quite well but he needs to do very well to uh, kind of you know Keep that seat, I think. So there is that talk of will he go, um, and you know there's a chance. So, by the way, I was looking through the uh, Red Bull F1 Instagram, and 95 percent of their pictures are of Max, Max Verstappen. They do not care at all about Alex Albon.
0: Oh, well, I'm telling you, that could I'm that conspiracy I started peddling last week. It's real. They 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 don't give a fig about Alex no. Albon. I reckon they want Alex Albon out. Their big issue is they have no one to put in, but
1: they don't give a fig. So I think in terms of actual driving, he's, he's driven himself in, into a B there.
0: I think that's maybe ever so slightly high for Albon, but I can't disagree with any of that analysis. So much of it has been outside of Alex's control. I mean, he, he was partially at fault for that Hamilton thing. Like obviously, Hamilton should have probably you know given him more space there, but it's also a little bit of onus of him. He had so much time left in that race players he didn't have to go around the outside there mm-hmm. but yeah no so many of the things that have happened to Albon haven't really been his own fault and he has done a decent job as much as he can to try and overcome some of that adversity and yeah I can't argue I can't argue with an A plus Verstappen he has had just about the perfect season he could dare anyone to do so <sighs> do you agree with my take that he's matured this year? I think I think he's I, st- I still think he's I wouldn't necessarily say he's a man just yet, <laughs> but I do I do think Max's Max has stepped it up a level in maturity, and you can see that continued growth in him. I'm not sure what you think, Spencer. Uh, but... I,
2: I agree with the Verstappen. Um, he's easily the like second best driver, if not maybe tied for first in the grid. Um, he seems to have a better understanding of the car. Um, he's but he still hasn't lost that that fire in his belly. Like what was it last race? Um, he's you know. Bickering and arguing with Horner, um, saying that, you know, we shouldn't be worrying about the Mercedes, we should be worrying about ourselves, and goes on this, you know, 15-20 second tirade to then Horner have to stay, just get your head down and keep racing. Like hopefully Max keeps that, but then also he is getting better with not using his car as a missile. Um in terms yes. of Albon, yeah, I don't know. Um, he definitely has had some bad luck go his way, um, has done a lot better in the races, but more often than not with Albon, it always seems like there's an excuse for what he's done. Like, my my issue is when he, um, you know, copped that traffic in qualifying in Hungary, he was complaining to the engineer, saying that, like, he didn't want to be put out there. But the issue is, is that after that, Verstappen's first lap, he was in fifth. You were down in 15th. Like, how are you qualifying? Like how, like, how is that Red Bull anywhere close to the 12th to 15th slot. Like, unless they have some wonky race set up on it, like the Red Bull should consistently be qualifying top six. And for that alone, I would put him at a at a C because you're right, the Red Bull want A's and they want people to, you know, to be up there. But the issue is Albon hasn't been able to do anything for Verstappen in one race this year. He hasn't been able to like uh, help with the undercut. He hasn't been able to hold out. It's just been at the end because he's got a much faster car
0: he proved that the Hards yeah, were the wrong tyre to be. Really,
2: it like, um, and at the end of the race, he does really well. I mean, that was a, that's Red a Bull pretty car, big sacrifice. The fantastic, so it's pretty good on tyre wear, and then he can just absolutely blitz through those cars like at the back of the pack. But looking at his standings, a DNF, and then a fourth, fifth, eighth, fifth, and eighth in the second best car on the grid, like that doesn't cut it for me. Um, I think you put a lot of other drivers in that car, and they have a lot more podiums.
1: The thing is that narrative changes so much if he gets that potential race win, you know, in um, in Austria. It does. It does. It, do, it, it does. Yeah. It changes everything. And He's... look, there's you, you, some some people they reach a certain age and they start worrying about other people's hydration and sanitation, and those are adults, mature adults.
0: <laughs>
2: Speaking of mature adults, right. Mercedes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey. Oh dear. Hey. there's few mature and more mature adults than battery s and Toto Wolf. So that's a good segue.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Alrighty. Mercedes. How do I put this easily? Hey, um, yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. An that's... A+? <laughs> the only thing I don't give them an A plus for was the, um, gearbox issues they had in race one. Yep. But then I also think to myself that they had issues, but they still got their second drive of the win. So how much were they really hurting? Um, Valtteri Bottas, um, you know, A minus um, A. I don't think there's much more that the the team could be asking of him. Um, there's probably a little bit more that he'd be asking from himself. Um, I think it's hard to be, you know, to look good when you're driving with Lewis Hamilton um, only one guy's really done that in the last five or so years late like, well not the late great but the great Nico Rosberg mm-hmm. um, yeah Bottas is you know just one of the the smartest um, best team drivers on the grid he um, you know he cops a little bit of flack for not you know fully sending it or, you know, aggressively defending or going for overtakes, but he knows that his job is to just make sure that Mercedes keep on racking up the points, um, and he knows that if, you know, something happens in the race, that he's always got a chance for a win, like he showed in Austria. Um, Hamilton obviously had some dramas and like, got a grid penalty in qualifying, and then the um, time penalty in the race. Um, since then, I think it's been Hamilton... or Hamilton? Four, four of the last five Hamilton won, with Verstappen getting one yep. in... Um, is it the 70th anniversary? Yep. Uh-huh. Um, Perfect. Yeah, he's he's everything that you want from a second driver. Um, he gets the car home in one piece. I'm almost talking him into an A-plus here. Um, and then in terms of Lewis Hamilton, um, he's an absolute psychopath, so he probably gives this grade a B-plus because he hasn't won every race and got the fastest lap in every single one. Um, but... Just in terms of the the connection of that team to that car, to Lewis Hamilton, um, I have to give him an A+. plus. Um, he's already, Great. you know, what's that, 37, 37 points clear yep. of Max Verstappen. So, um, you know, you, you think to yourself, oh, like you know, if Verstappen gets, like, a win and Lewis Hamilton, like, doesn't finish the race and he can, like, drop that down, but... The odds of a Mercedes like not finishing a race is about the same odds as a Haas crashing. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's yeah. just been fantastic. Like some of the onboard footage and like just like that qualify like qualifying lap in the pissing down rain in Styria was mind-bendingly good. Um, the way he was throwing the car around in Hungary was again absolutely ridiculous. And if not for Max Verstappen. Um, throwing out his grandma's handbag and pushing the pace in the 70th, he might have he might be batting off five straight wins. Um,
1: yeah, thank God for Max
2: Verstappen. Thank God for Max Verstappen. Um, yeah, Hamilton, I mean, he's just an A-plus all around. Like, the last five or six years, it doesn't really look like he's even human compared to the rest of them.
1: I agree. I think Valtteri is less of a pushing A-plus, more of a pushing B, B-plus for me, okay. because he's a guy who, you know, he started this year off, I want to compete, I want to be up there, and he hasn't.
0: He says that every year.
1: I oh, know, he says that, we'll, and he's just, he Same just doesn't. Story. Same story. Yeah, well, he's the president of Kakistan at this point, mate, because he just, Hamilton is the man, and Bottas is just not, and um, I'm a bit sick of it, because he gets, he gets, your, right, he yeah, gets yeah. your hopes up every year, and he just, he just doesn't. He's just, I mean, look, I can't he blame him. He gets you him. hope
0: up every year, says man, in his first year of watching F1. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he won the first race last year as well. Fact. I know that. Uh-huh. All right, well, I don't have much to disagree with about the Mercedes as well. So I think that that's the review of the F1 boys. I'll put in a nice musical drop here.
2: I came, I came like a torpedo I what's
0: racing, <laughs> I'm racing. No, I've been waiting to do this all season because I mean it's pretty I feel it's been you know, alluded to a few times out the show but I'm definitely an F2 fan at the moment that's been obviously I'm, I'm loving that I'm back into F1 this year and it's good and apart from Spain I've been able to take at least something in terms of interest in every single race so far but F2 is definitely been just I've first year I really got, watched it Fallen in Love so I'll give I'll try to be brief here because I could bang on about this for hours and hours upon end but we don't have hours and hours so apart from the uh, real big boys at the top who I think thank god
2: George Russell isn't in F2 anymore <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh mate you think I love George Russell just you wait oh I've got names that exceed George Russell <clears throat> but um, apart from the real top guys who I think a really strong chances of being on the grid next season or you know important talking stories I'll be fairly brief so, sort of broken this down a bit. Obviously, you've got a lot of different Academy drivers in F2. They're associated. You've got guys from Ferrari, Honda, Renault, uh, Red Bull, and oh, there's no Mercedes guys in the current one. I think that's that seems like that'll be all the that's Academies. That's correct, yep. Yep. And then they've got a couple of independents as well, who I think have shown pretty good. So, right off the bat, three guys, I think, you know, they're there. Also, you've got the Red Bull Academy as well. So, Honda and Red Bull sort of overlap. Three guys who I think you know have been much much us. Giuliano Alessi, uh, son of Jean Alessi, of course. Um, he's been pretty awful, and he had the one points finish. I've so given him an E minus. Jan Daruva, Red Bull Academy. He's the only actual, actual Red Bull Academy driver in F two right now. But he's, I mean, he was he was strong and hungry. Apart from that, he's you know he's just fifteenth every race. D minus for him. Uh, Nobuharu Matsushita, multiple-time winner in F2 in the past. He's a Honda junior, so he has that potential to go to an AlphaTauri, say. He's had a bit of a mixed season. He's 12th in the championship, 42 points. I was all right in the opening weekend in Austria. Didn't really do anything since then, and then absolutely destroyed in Spain, winning the um, feature race from 18th with a brilliant one-stop strategy. But I've only given him a B-, minus. he's not really done too much between those two weekends. Uh, Jashan's probably going to enjoy me doing this, but I'm giving, uh, Roy Nassani, Williams Academy driver and man who did FP1 mm. in, I believe, Great Britain. Yep. Um, he gets a flat out F. He scored one point in the opening Grand Prix, finishing 10th. Uh, he then ran into his teammate at Hungary. And apart from that, he, you might as, he might as well not be there.
1: You American, bud. Is this America? Is this America?
0: E-minus or an E? F. Pfft, ridiculous. <laughs> um, My na- next little group, guys, so I think, you know, they've certainly got promise for F1, but maybe, you know, it's... I don't see them there in the real, real short term. Jack Aitken, I think, is a guy who, you know, going into the season, you would have thought had a really good chance at F1. He'd been previously part of the Renault Academy, but had been signed by Williams. He did... A free practice session in, I believe, for the Styrian Grand Prix. Might have been hungry. You know, and he certainly, you know, he again, multiple winner. Was very strong in the championship last year. He's been poor this year. He's only really had... He was really good in the 78th Grand Prix. He had two thirds. But apart from that, he struggled to even get in the points. A lot of poor qualifying results. So I went D-plus for him. Uh, Guan Yu Zhou, a man who I would very much like to see in Formula One someday, is a Chinese driver. He's Renault Academy. Um, Got a lot of raw pace. He's in one of the top, top cars in F2 in that UNI Virtuosi. He was pole in the first race in Austria. Had a bit of mixed fortune. He was looking like winning that first race in Austria before an engine failure took him out and the way it goes in F2 with two races the weekend, if you... Have something go horribly wrong in the feature race, you're probably not going to score points in the sprint race either because you're now starting down the back. Um, B-plus for him though, he's had some really good weekends. He was very good across the British weekends, runs the alternate strategy very well. Marcus Armstrong, um, Kiwi, so closest thing we have to a home driver in F2. Started out great the first two weekends in Austria, was really strong. Has not scored a point since then. I don't believe. Hungry through no fault of his own, got caught up in his teammate's incident, and that put him at the back. But he, for someone who was second in F three last year, and I had a lot of hope for start of the season, he's been poor.
1: Is he Ferrari so Academy guy?
0: Ferrari Academy. So C minus, C minus for Armstrong. Being disappointed with him. From here, we get to the guys. So I think this has been the definite good stuff. Two of the independents. Nikita Mazepin, Felipe Drogovic. Seventh and eighth in the championship, 75 points for Mazepin, 67 for Drugovich. Mazepin was in F2 last year with the um, premier powerhouse of ART. Really struggled, could not find his footing at all. Had got off to Slothbar this season, didn't really do anything in the Austrian rounds. But ever since Hungary, when he drove from, I think it was about P14 on the grid to uh, P16 on the grid to P2 running the autonomous strategy in wow. the hard tyre carving through that field at the end on a softer compound he has been brilliant, took a win in Britain has been in the points every single race since the, Hungarian, since the start of the Hungarian Grand Prix um, he'll have a hard time I think getting to F1 simply because he's not an academy guy and I'm not sure exactly how much he brings in in the way of sponsors but I am super, super impressed with him and talent. And he's very masterful at, I think, tyre wear. Perhaps a reserve be, driver or something like that. I would, li- I would like to see him get picked up as a reserve driver for someone next season, be given some chances in FP1. Drogovic, for me, this is probably my boldest grade, because Drogovic has only scored points in a handful of races. He's obviously way down at 8th in the championship. Very, very hot and cold. He's had a couple of wins, which have been impressive. He's also had plenty of races where he weekends where he's failed to score a single point i have given him an a though which is my second best grade of anyone in the field this season and that is because this is a man who last year in f3 scored one point to finish i think he only scored like two points in the f3 season last year he was a relative also ran in that series showed absolutely nothing and rocked up to f2 this year and instantly in a car that also hadn't been super super flash. mp is just not a tremendous team and he's shown pace right from the word go qualified second in austria had a win there had a win in spain the most recent weekend had a pole in great britain so i think you know he's very very raw and that he reminds me oh, i'm not sure i'm not sure, but like he's an unfinished product but if he can refine that over the next couple of years, I think he could definitely be Brazil's next F1 driver. Mm. And then we have my boy, Christian Lungard, who, um, Spencer, if you think I love George Russell, just you wait until Christian Lungard gets into Formula One and he's the only thing I talk about Yay. every weekend. <laughs> he... <laughs> He's been good. I think he has been the second most consistent driver in the championship so far. He sits third on 87 points. I've graded him as an a because of that. He was very dominant in the Austrian rounds. He had a worse finish of 6th in the Styrian Grand Prix. Also picked up a win in the sprint race. He was, was the only real bad weekend. Well, he was terrible and hungry, but that was through no fault of his own. He got taken out by another driver, and once you go in the feature race, that's your weekend gone. He was very, very poor in Spain, though. He struggled in qualifying and had no pace in either race. But on the whole, I think he's been pretty ultra-consistent. We then get to, I think, the five guys who I think either have a real chance of being on the grid next year. And I think these are the five guys, so Jishan might have a little bit of him say on as well. For, no, we'll see how that. we go, but, bro, um, We'll see how we go. Or just, I think, have a lot of name value behind them. So first we've got Yuki Tsunoda. He's a Honda junior, so obviously he's got a chance to be there. He's got Red Bull backing in F2 this year. I think he's the guy out of anyone if they choose to change their driver lineups. I think he's the one who makes the most sense to make a move to San Apatari. He's fourth in the standings. I've given him a solid B. He was unlucky in those sort of opening Oscar weekends. He qualified pole for the Styrian. And then had a radio issue, which meant he pitted. He didn't know he needed to come into pit, and that saw him drop back to P2 on the end and then got a mechanical from a point spot in the sprint race. He's been a bit hot and cold at times. He's had some weekends where he's failed to score a single point. But when he's on, he's on. He's very impressive, yeah. And as I thing, you know, with obviously Kvyat's not showing a lot in that second AlphaTauri seat right now. So I think there is a decent chance... Yeah, it's now, solid. I think yeah, the big the big solid. thing for Sonoda is if I got my mouse right, he does have to hang on to that top four finish to have enough super license points. Obviously, if he fails to get that, he cannot be in F one. So I think mm. out of everyone, the stakes are probably the highest for Sonoda because he's on that fringe of whether or not he can obtain the super license. Yeah. Next up is um. Uh, Probably one of the most talented names to be around in the junior ranks over the last few years. Dan Tictum, former Red Bull Junior. Oh, you think he's a chance of getting into the uh, the grid next year? Oh, it's not so much these. Uh, well, no, because I don't. He's got you're mad. He's got almost no hope of getting a super license because he's okay. he's too far off it. But I think he's he's one of the biggest names there because of everything that's happened in his career. Former Red Bull Junior. He's had the incidents. Obviously, he's got a known temper. Intentionally taking out competitors. That's all lose his drive as a Red Bull junior. He's now a Williams Academy driver. He's shown a bit more maturity this season. He's been a bit hot and cold. As I know, Jashan, you were watching with me at the race where I think he just started just swearing his head off and didn't he he threatened He threatened did, someone. He, he he did he did he come across the radio I think after some. I can't believe knocked.
1: you've even considered it.
0: Oh I I don't think he's gonna be a bit like He's just too bit he's too much. In of a an era talking where points all not.
1: of these talented youngsters are not only talented, but they're also you know, they're all lovely. They're all, you know, good guys. You know, there aren't many heels in the league anymore apart from Grosjean, who's on his way out anyway. Well I, I mean, think that's why we need Dan TikTok.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But no, I think I think he's got the pace I think he's probably the one that Williams would almost like to put in that car, but he's not shown enough consistently. He sits tenth in the standings. I think he needs to finish top six to get a super license so he's gonna have his back against the wall um then it's the big three and i think these are the three that at least one of these guys is gonna be on the grid next year if not a couple of them all three are ferrari academy drivers of course talking about robert swartzman last year's f3 champ callum eilert and mick schumacher yep Michael's son big boy so, Robert Swartzman Robert got off to a blinder in the, Austria, the first few rounds. He came in with a very controlled approach. Right from the first race, he was talking, I don't mind if I finish third, fourth. I'm not going to make stupid overtakes. I'm thinking about the championship, which is an awful lot of maturity in a bloke who's, I think, 20 or 21 or something. I've given him a B B+. He has had probably the most brilliant drive of the season, qualifying 11th in Hungary and then just carving through on the alternate strategy I think he came out of the pits six or seven seconds off Mick Schumacher's lead with a couple of guys to pass to even get to Schumacher there was only about eight laps left in the race he won that race by 24 seconds I think just absolute blinder he did how he was nowhere the reason I've only given him a b plus and that despite that he's second in the championship. He was really bad in the British rounds. He had no pace at all at the British GP. Failed qualified eighteenth. Failed to get anywhere near the points. Was better at the seventieth anniversary. Had an eighth place in the feature race, was put him on sprint race pole. Was on for a podium until Schumacher took him out. But you know he's just he's had he's shown some flaws and inconsistency. Callum Eilert for me is the one I think. He's a lock, mate. He's he should be the one. Obviously, he has to hold his championship position to get a super license. But he's first, hundred and twenty-one points, eighteen-point lead. He's looked easily the fastest. He's qualifying results. That's the thing I've said. Talking about a guy like Lance Stroll, you can't teach speed. If you want to talk about speed in Formula Two, Callum Eilert. He's qualifying results third, third pole, second pole, pole. So never qualified outside the top three. Mm he's already had two wins this season he would have definitely won in Britain as well if it wasn't for a mechanical fault in the start grid, which meant he had to start from pit lane he still drove from pit lane to fifth he was on for another win in the sprint race before he spun and took himself out, that has been his only mistake for the season, any other race he's either just managed it and had an average race or if he's been a bit poor it's typically been because of mechanical issue or someone else on track having a run-in with him that has lowered him further down than where he probably should have been. For me, he's the guy who's got to... If, if Ferrari have any sense in saying who they want to put in and going out for a Romeo and say up and saying, hey, give this lad a seat. We want to see what he can do in an F1 car. It has got to be Callum Eilert. He's just in a different league this season. But the guy who probably is going to get it is, of course, Mick Schumacher. He Michael now... Michael Moore. <laughs> Obviously, Mick, son of Michael, been talked about for two or three years now. It's all anyone bangs on about Mick, Mick, Mick. When's Mick going to get to F1? He's been good this year. He certainly looked like he's improved a lot from last year. But he's still been very hot and cold. He has weekends where he looks very, very strong and double podium in Hungary. But he also has weekends like Great Britain where he qualified third, but then failed to convert that into any points. What, what grade have you given him? I've given Mick a B. Okay. So I think he's, he's that. But um, I think Ferrari also challenged him. And I can't remember whether they wanted him to be top five or top four in the standings. But it was something along those lines. They want him to be right, right up there. If he's going to get the chance to move into F1 next year, whether or not they actually mean that, I can still see them just putting him there because Ferrari and the story and it all. And there's also the Haas and Alpha Romeo teams are looking likely
1: for a bit of turbulence shall we say.
0: You, you would think so. And I think... And that's and that's why, for me, it really is these Ferrari boys that have the best chance. Because you've got guys like Christian Longard look brilliant, but there isn't a spot at Renault right now. And I don't see a Renault guy, unless he chooses to leave the Renault Academy. I don't see Renault putting their driver in a Ferrari engine car. So the seats on the grid are going to be Red Bull, Alpha, Tauri. And then their Ferrari seats. Their Haas, their Alfa um, Romeo. So I think... You've, you've got to think at least one of these guys is going to be like something's going to happen be it Grosjean leaving and retiring Gio getting dumped all of the above yeah And yeah, so for me it's down to those three I think it should be Lot, and then if there's a second seat I really do think it would be should be Schwartzman. but I kind of feel I wouldn't be surprised if we see Mick Schumacher in Formula 1 next year
1: neither I and mean, he'll have probably the most pressure on him that to- any other driver has ever had. How many, um... I mean, God. Talk about living up to your your old
0: man's legacy there. That's
1: quite the challenge for young Mick. Because it's 40
0: points, isn't it? Schumacher. So, Super licenses are very confusing, but once... Because it's 40 points, and I believe I was reading, because I was trying to do some research here. Once you've attained a super license and applied for it and got it, all you have to do is renew it each year. It doesn't matter if you then, like, in theory, slip below that 40-point threshold. You've got it. You've just got to renew it unless you do something particularly bad to have the FIA revoke it. And Schumacher has in the past, I believe, had the requisite points. And so I believe he has a super license. Okay. Because if not, he's going to struggle to... I think he needs to finish top four on the championship to be able to get one. But I believe he already has one. Okay. He... Uh, let's think he has points that are no longer over because they're from, I think, 2016, but he has passed that 40-point threshold recently in the past, so I believe Schumacher already has one. So does Schwartzman. Eilert just needs to finish top four on the championship, and considering he is 30 points up on fourth, he's looking pretty, pretty hot for that. Pretty hot, pretty spicy. Now, obviously, that brings us to looking ahead to the Belgium Grand Prix this weekend. And obviously, having just spoken about F two for a bit, I think the place we've got to start and would be remiss if we didn't. Obviously it's gonna be an emotional weekend, I think, in the paddock this this weekend for F one and F two. One year on from the death of Antoine Hubert. I think that exact one year anniversary is um I think it's Monday. But uh so yeah, but almost one year to the day. Since his, him, uh, Hubert and Juan Manuel Correa's awful, awful crash, I know I've already seen a lot of the drivers have obviously spoken about it, been asked about it in the uh, Thursday afternoon press conference. F, um, FOM and F1 have announced that um, all the cars in F1, F2, F3 will be running a special tribute decal to him. With um, the number 19. Number 19, which the, has permanently yeah. been retired from F2. Uh, there'll be minute silence before the F two feature race and also the F one race. Um, and also, um, I discovered this this morning. Juan Memo Correa is going to be in and around the F two paddock this season. It's the first time he'll be back in an F two paddock since the crash. As he continues yeah. his recovery, I saw a picture this his... morning. Sorry,
2: of him oh, laying flowers at the crash site.
0: Yep. So did I. Yeah. So it'll be. It's going to be. I think it's really good to see him back he's one for me and that's the thing he continues his recovery hopefully he could possibly be at a spot physically where he can try getting back in a car for next year because he was he was someone who was really shy he'd won I think a race or two last year and I think from memory obviously not having raced from Belgium onwards he was still top six in the championship despite missing half a season
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, that's going to be a big commercial weekend. I know you have a thing we've already seen. We've seen Charles talking a lot about it. Pierre, it's going to be a big weekend for them. Well, it was obvious that last year it hit those two probably harder than anyone else. Probably we've obviously you know, as well. could be a good weekend. Rain is no, forecast. All the French guys you... came up together. They all nice. raised in junior so categories could... together. Um, things up. What are, we, what are we sort of looking for from the Grand Prix this weekend, boys? I'll let you go first, Spence.
2: Um, I'm looking for Racing Point to to show us what they got. Yep, agreed. I want to see I want to see that Mercedes power unit um, get a little bit of go for it, and yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see if um, we can get either Perez or Stroll both um, taking it to to max in the Red Bull and even potentially the um, the Black Merc as well. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's about time that um, Perez as well, like there's been a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of chat. Um, he's been like, you know, pretty adamant on the point that he's going to stay. Um, I'd yep. love to see him like come out there, spitting a bit of vinegar um, I'd and see him that. close to, if not on the podium. Cause I think that before the COVID thing, we were chatting, we were like, he's looking close. Like he's almost there. Like he's like, he's very close. And since then he's had a bit of a lull. I couldn't imagine what it's like to have, be sick, you know, with COVID and then come back and then having to drive a rocket ship. Um, so hopefully this weekend um, that Pink Panther gets gets Perrin right.
1: Yeah, I, I, I if I were gonna make a prediction a bold prediction for this weekend I'd say Sergio Perez for a podium because he has been very vocal in the media about this is my seat. I've had I've heard nothing about Vettel coming in. I feel very comfortable here and I've given them no reason to kick me out. So he's he's on one which I love. I'm looking for a resurgence of form from uh, two men Alexander Albon and Esteban Ocon two drivers who made their debuts at Spa last year for Albon and in 2016 for Ocon both under the pump both under pressure Red,
0: Red Bull debut for Albon, Albon yes
1: Red mean. Bull yes Red Bull debut for Albon last year um, and I'm, I'm keen to see if they can bounce back Obviously, going to be a hectic race because of supposed rain. But yeah, uh, yeah, keen to see how those go. How those two guys go.
0: I think. Well, I think for me, obviously, very hopeful. Rain, range because it can be. It's it's the great equalizer. Nothing, nothing equalizes things like Mother Nature can. I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna go bold with predictions as well. I'm not gonna predict who's gonna win. I mean, probably Lewis. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict with my heart a little bit for some things I think might happen. I'm gonna back Charles for his. Third podium of the season. <clears throat> shoves, I like it. Charles. Like Charles. And that's coming. And then in the same vein of where I'm coming from with that, I'm mm. gonna take Pierre Gasly to come top five.
2: I like it. It would be quite. I think, story. especially
0: if mixed conditions and your real raw talent comes through. But I think those two are just gonna have so much to chat for. And you know, whether or not you you believe in those sort of supernatural higher power things, you just I don't know. Those two are gonna be racing with. You know. Something else in there. This Something weekend, in their belly,
2: yeah. No, and it's particularly as well, like, the, we're talking about the weather. Um, one of the big things at Spa as well is that it can, on because the track is just so freaking huge, um, and obviously that elevation change, not only on the track but around it, you can have, like, you know, turn one that can just be absolutely waterlogged, but then heading onto the back straight, it can be completely dry. So it's one of those things as well where teams can't just, like, you know, be safe and just duck in for wet tyres or duck back in for dry tyres straight away. They've actually got to try to weather the storm. Um, And F1 on their Instagram have been showing that highlight, hey, um, of Raikkonen and Hamilton trying to wrestle those cars at the end of, might have been 2008, where um, Raikkonen nearly goes off twice and then bins it two corners later. And this is Kimi Raikkonen and the Ferrari. So, you know, it goes to show, like, just how hard um, that track can be to... To get that car around it, um, but yeah, like I don't know, it's, it's I guess it's one of those, you know, one of the marquee races. Like, funny to say that after coming from, um, you know, Spain and Silverstone recently, but I think with no Monaco, I think these next two races in Spa and Monza, um, yeah, I think yeah, uh, they're
0: the they kind of they kind of feel like the big two, don't they? Obviously, the first for Monza and Spa is one of the, well, although Silverstone was as well, but yeah, Spa one of the real traditional homes and generally a well well received Grand Prix, it's often, you know has some yep. something seems to happen. It's a good, you know, it's a flowing track. Yeah. It's been a
1: decade since it last rained at Spa. And by the way, it's been two years since Mercedes won here. Ooh. It's been two wins in a row for Ferrari, I do believe. So maybe Charles can make it three. Maybe, maybe.
2: Mhm. There's 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 and there, there's always something in the air for like these types of races. Like obviously I think, you know, last year sorta of came around that time where Ferrari might have had some FIA officials knocking on their door and engine. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, with the way the, the season's been going, like it's like it seemed almost like too scripted, I guess, so far. Like the F one, even in the most boring of seasons, there's always like a couple of curveballs here and there. And it's really just been, you know, what, Mercedes in five races, Red Bull four one. Um, something exciting has got to happen this weekend like yeah I'd love it to be um, Charles or Charles to get a um, podium slash win um, or Pierre to do well but I don't know like people seem to sleep on Lance Strong oh, he's come around he's here come around to
1: the Pink Panthers boys
2: I don't know I rewatched that race not too long ago at um, Baku where he got that Williams into third place and um it's, a type, it's going to be the race where, like, you know, there's got to be some early drama, like one or two of the front runners are either going to, have, like, you know, have to cop a penalty or maybe bin it. But if one of those Mercedes goes down, it's it's open season for the from Red Bull all the way down through to... I mean, we haven't even spoken about McLaren either. Like, this could be the race that Signs finally decides to pull his finger out um, and show Ferrari what they've got. Um I'm excited. Like, this is like the proper... Because I haven't watched a spa race live in years either. Neither, so I'm neither, like proper be, hyped up
0: this weekend. That'd that'd we a
1: gather your thoughts, bud. All right.
0: so,
2: oh. that's... Who have we got winning though? What are our tips?
1: <sighs> Realistically, Hamilton. We're going
2: to do this every week. Alright, go with your head and your heart. Two okay, picks. Yeah. There you go.
0: Head, bot ass heart, Charles. Boras is nowhere,
1: mate. Head, Hamilton. Heart, Albon.
2: (laughs) Ooh. Albon. Uh, Yeah, Head, I'll have to go with Hamilton, I think. Um, For my heart, um, I will shed a tear if, if Seb can get a win. I just want him to say, I just want him to say grazie, grazie, just one more time. Just one more time. I want him to do that little dance, the little fucking Egyptian dance. I want him to do that
1: in in Tuscany, though, because he won't do it at Monza, but Tuscany is at least in Italy. That'll be just a massive... Uh, Having
0: having now looked at that, I'm going to change my head back to Hamilton because he just goes better in the wet than Bottas, but 74% chance of rain on Sunday.
2: Big. Really? Yep. And that's right right around 2 p.m. Does the rain help Max?
0: Well, Mac, Mac, rain helps Hamilton. Rain helps Max. I think rain helps anyone with a lot of natural talent. Doesn't help Vettel. He seems to he up when the conditions change. Um, I mean, Charles Charles ran into a wall the last time it rained. So did um, so did Lewis. <laughs> so, um, oh. Pierre Gasly to win, and that is another episode. of really Grid. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> yeah on one hand i 've got a dream
2: since being a child that has been realized and on the other hand, it has been a, a very difficult weekend since yesterday. We have lost uh, a friend first of all but uh, yeah it 's very difficult in this condi- in th- these situations so yeah, I would like to dedicate my first win to him. Uh, we have grown up together, my first ever race i 've done it with with Antoine when we were younger. there was esteban Pierre and uh, yeah it 's just a shame what happened yesterday so uh, I can't enjoy fully my first victory, but it will definitely be a memory I will keep forever.